You're listening to Enclave Community Church. For more information about Enclave, please visit us online at enclavecc.com. This morning, I'm really excited because we get to do something a little bit different. Um, as many of you know, uh, Pastor Andrew and Sarah and their family have been over in South Africa picking up their daughter, um, which is really exciting. They've been on a long process, and we've uh, been able to give a few updates here, but um, we're going to talk about that a little bit at the end. But um, throughout that time of Andrew being out of the pulpit, we've had um, just been blessed with the amount of people in our congregation that have stepped up, um, not just uh, the elders who we hear from from time to time, but Nick, Tracy, Ed, uh, who am I forgetting? We've had so many people that have just stepped in and brought us um, cool messages, and so that's been such a blessing. And so this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different, which is um, get to hear the adoption story of Jay and Christy. Um, and that is something that, uh, that they have, it's been on their hearts for a while to bring this story, and the timing just worked up perfectly to um, be able to talk about that and uh, how it coincides with the decanter's journey that they're on right now. And so um, really exciting this morning to be able to, uh, to share that story with everybody. So I'll invite Jay and Christy to come up. And um, it's going to be sort of a casual conversation, a little bit of a Q&A. And um, I'm going to move over there. Brandon here, because he's got that one. Thanks, Brandon. Sorry, get get situated first. <laughs> now we're starting. Now, now we're starting. And start. Uh, no, I'll start by just uh, just praying for our morning this morning. God, we're just uh, so grateful for the ways that you provide for us and have provided for Enclave over the years, and um, and a lot of that has uh, has come through Jay and Christy and their faithfulness, God, um, to this church and to you and listening to your call. And so, God, we're just um, grateful to be able to hear their story this morning um, of, of adoption and um, just how it relates to... Um, the decanters. So we just pray, God, that you'd give um, them wisdom and um, the words to speak, and our hearts would be open to uh, just hearing this story this morning. Amen. Amen. So, uh, like I said, it's going to be sort of casual format, kind of Q and A. So I'll I kind of ask some some questions as we go through, and Jay and Christy will will be able to kind of tell us. Uh, Tell us their story as as we go through. Um, so maybe I'll start kind of from the be- from the end, and um, maybe tell us about Flora today and um, and and your family. Yeah. So yeah, Flora was one of the little girls that was up here singing. So you might have seen her. Uh, I thought I'd even start and just give a quick little intro, like on our family here, because there are some people that maybe aren't familiar with who Christy and I are, but. Um, Christy and I have been going to this church actually for like 17 years, we realized the other day we figured it out. Um, that's like, that's the early days of Enclave. So we're one of the old timers here. Um, anyway, so we have three children. Um, Jack is our oldest, he's in eighth grade. Uh, Riker's in fourth grade. And then of course, Flora. And that's, you know, 
topic of our conversation today is how Flora became part of our family. And we adopted her um, about a year and a half ago from a country called Burundi, which is a small country in Africa. Um, and we're, you know, we, we, we love talking about this story and we're excited to share it with you guys, you know, and the story of the adoption is pretty interesting, but there's other parts of this that are just, we're more excited and enthusiastic about sharing with you guys. And, and, you know, one of those is just, man, through this process, which you'll see was long, how often God was just so evident in it and just like, you know, made himself known in the process and clarified things for us and, and, and through that changed our hearts. Um, um, you know, there's part of that heart change, I think, and, and over this course of time, you know, this verse that we have here uh, is, is become just more real or like we feel like we see it in a clearer way. So today as we share, you know, we hope that this verse, Ephesians 1.5, um, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. And I don't know, I hope that sinks in a little bit more for us in a new way today. So. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of facets to just being able to tell your story. I think it's exciting because we get to hear you and interact in a, in a new way, especially for those who maybe haven't had the chance to hear parts of your story and, and it opens our community up more to, uh, to be closer. But I think the parallels to the decanters as well and then um, just ultimately the way that we're all adopted through, through Christ is just such a, such a cool parallel. So maybe, um, so maybe start from the beginning. You, you started to, to dive into it a little bit, but... Tell us about your calling. Uh, I don't think one day you just woke up and were like, yeah, let's adopt. So tell us about the process of, of being called to adoption. Yeah, that's a, it's a long process, and it's going to even go back to before we were married. But you know, through this story that I'll tell you guys, again, we're going to really focus in on some of these what we refer to as milestones, like it's these points where God just enters the story. And so we're excited to share these things that are you know, mir miraculous to us. Um, but yeah, going back to the very beginning, I can say that, um, and Christy would say this too, that God somehow like hinted at adoption. I feel like we felt this calling and it's interesting. It's like, um, again, before we we're married, but just this call to maybe adopt from Africa. And, um, it's just one of those things I would put in the category of maybe like if God was to call you maybe to be a missionary or a pastor. And it was one of those things I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that, you know, and, and, and it's kind of like, yeah, this is my choice in my life, you know, and, um, you know, how does that fit in with what, what I want? And that's, that was kind of the early reaction to maybe what, like the first hint of a call. Um, when Christy and I got married, you know, it's something maybe we chatted about every now and then, um, but weren't real serious about it. Um, Jax was born, and we knew we wanted to have more children, and so um, we, uh, Christy got pregnant again, and there would actually be two pregnancies at that time where um, they both end in miscarriage. And so that's a hard time we went through, um, you know, and a lot of, you know, a lot of conversations out of that, well, maybe that was this call to adopt. You know, we need to, we're gonna grow our family through adoption now, and we started looking into it a little bit. Um, but we conceived uh, Riker around that time, and Riker was born. So Jackson and Riker, four years apart, and 
at that point, we kind of felt like, gosh, this is, uh, this is comfortable. You know, this is nice. Two boys, and we don't have to buy a minivan, and we just, <laughs> you know, it's going to be easy to travel, and we'll be able to do so much. You know, it's kind of like creating this, we were creating this world that, like, we felt was um, our best life or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? And um, it, it, it just kind of, like, didn't, even though that felt right culturally, it's still like God was like making us feel uncomfortable about that. So um, I don't know if you want to say anything about that period of time, but okay, okay. (laughs) Um, So that's that's sort of the early stages, but um, still in our hearts, one of these first milestone events at that point in time is we start listening to a sermon one night and it was just kind of out of the blue. We pick a sermon. It's a Francis Chan sermon and it's a marriage conference and him and his wife are up there talking about random things. But we didn't know that they would talk for, you know, a few minutes about adoption and they had adopted a girl who was 16 years old at the time. And, and, you know, we listened to this in silence, but God was speaking to us very directly, each one of us through this. To where at the end of the sermon, we were like looking at each other and we were like, we both knew it. Like it was like, oh, what are we doing? You know, like we need to do this. And so it was the next morning we were really, we were diving in. We we decided at that point in time, we're going to adopt. So we start looking at programs and it's, it's a, it's a real, uh, I don't know. We, we were trying to navigate it on our own. And I think that's probably God's plan because it ends up somewhere, but we didn't know what we were doing. And uh, how many years ago was this? <sighs> yeah, so Riker's born. Riker's probably about two years old. Okay, so seven, seven years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, we start looking into adoption and you know possibilities, and we don't really see anything that works, <clears throat> and it kind of fades until this next milestone where Christy. Um, we'll share this one. Yeah, this is um, a really big one where God just stepped in at this moment. I'm putting our oldest son uh, to bed that night. He's six years old at the time, and um, he wants to pray this night instead of me, so I, I let him do that. And his prayer is this, Lord, um, you know, we know you want us to adopt. We want to obey you. And that is our six-year-old son. And I immediately, after putting him to bed, so shocked, um, wrote it down because I, I said, I'm not going to believe this tomorrow <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I see this. Um, I'm talking to Jay. I said, have you been talking to him about our adoption recently? Because this is what he just prayed. No, we haven't. The Lord stepped in at that moment. And shook us up and said, this is, I'm serious about this. And um, we listened. And um, so the next, the next thing Jay will share with you, how we kept pursuing after that one. Yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't ignore that. I mean, I'm like totally convinced that's the Holy Spirit just like interceding and, and you know, speaking so clearly to us. And it so happens that the next day, we got to go back to some of these websites uh, of adoption and lo and behold, pops up uh, this new program that's opened up for uh, adoption uh, in Burundi, Burundi, Africa. And we're like, wow, okay. 
what's this one all about? And, and it, had you heard of Burundi before? Yeah. Never. No. <laughs> Did I you mean, know it existed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of the interesting things is, you know, learning about this country. And we, we started realizing as we researched it, gosh, there by some estimations are half a million to a million orphans in Burundi. It's one of the, you know, either the first or the second poorest country in the world. Um, and, and it just checked a lot of boxes and just clicked with us. So we said, okay, let's do this. So we, so we, we um, apply for this Burundi program. We, we uh, decide we want to adopt two children from Burundi. Um, boys, girls, whatever, you know, a sibling group. Uh, so we, um, so we start that process, and we, we, um, uh, I guess one of the first things, one of the big parts of going through this process is you get a ton of education. I mean, there's a ton of requirements, but like the education is is great, but it's kind of overwhelming sometimes. And so, you know, at one point I hit this time where I was like, you know, gosh, you're learning about the potential challenges you're going to have with a kid from a hard places, they call it trauma and things and and you know even this idea of adopting a black child or children into our family how that was going to open us up to like a new world that we didn't experience as a family of white people you know and so the, these things started weighing heavily on me and I was like you know what I don't know if we're really cut out for this um you know, I think maybe God's saying, let's support this orphanage in Burundi. Maybe we even go over there and help out and we support somebody else that's going to do this. But, um, you know, I don't know. And I think Christy was hearing that, but it was, again, you know, weighing heavy on Christy, too. And I, I know you were praying yeah, like that yeah. week for... That very week, I, I'm, I was feeling everything that Jay was saying. It's intense, and you're realizing the magnitude of, of what you're saying yes to. Um, but I just had on my heart to pray that that week, Lord, would you make it so clear to us whether we're supposed to stay on this path or not. Pause. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Pausing, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is our second big milestone is... God really showed up again. I'm going to let um, Jay share that moment too. Yeah, so our, our story's overlapping a little bit now with like the decanters. So they were pursuing adoption through um, the foster care system. And so we were having some interaction with them talking about adoption and um, we were connecting with them those ways. Well, God places a vision on Sarah's heart. And, and she's now, I mean, she's... This is huge for her. This isn't something that happens on a regular basis, but like she has this vision of uh, two girls, they appear to be girls, African, um, holding hands. And, and that strikes her um, and impacts them enough to say, you know what, we're going to adopt from Burundi too. And we feel called to join the Fiorinis on that journey. And so they came and shared that news with us, and it just blew us away. I mean, it was like, yeah. Wow. Do you ever hear about that? Someone, have you guys ever heard that? Yeah. I haven't. And we were shocked. We were blown away. And it was total commitment after that. Yeah, and we were on the journey with them, which just, like, was so much better. You know, mm -hmm. just, like, uh, we could lean on each other. And I know you guys might be thinking, well, I thought they were adopting from South Africa. So that's, you know, we'll see how God plays that out uh, later, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Uh, pretty cool just to hear how God captured your hearts through that because I think 
if he hadn't, the process may have overwhelmed you. So the process was clearly very long. We've heard bits and pieces of it, but tell us more about like the process that you went through, what we call the never-ending home study. Um, tell us about home studies and what that meant and just kind of what, it, what was it like for those years going through that, that journey of, of the process? Yeah. So just to put it in perspective, like when we signed up for the Burundi program and we were accepted, people were being placed in about a year and a half. So like you'd start that and then they, they'd uh, bring their child home about a year and a half later. And we're like, oh, that's cool. That's a long time, but you know, we can, we can wait that long and we'll do it. Um, and it ends up being about a year and a half, three years, ends up being three years until we're matched with Flora. That's the first picture we got when we were matched with Flora. So that's three years into it, and that was a big boost for us, obviously. Yeah, she's uh, probably two years old there. Yeah. So it would still be another year and a half from being matched with her that we would actually travel to Burundi. So we're talking like a five-year deal. Yeah. And what's interesting is, had they told us that, or had they said, oh, it's a five-year program, I don't think we would have signed up for it, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, in some ways, you know, God worked it out that we would stick with it. Um, well, Flora wasn't even born when you started the process, right? right, like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, I mean, I don't know, and I'll just, I'll share that quick story about, you know, the decanters switching to um, South Africa too, because I mean, the same way, like we might not have done it if we knew it was five years, well, they were six years into it, and honestly, kind of losing hope. And uh, this girl, Josie, uh, in South Africa is identified as a waiting child. So they could, you know, match the decanters pretty quickly with her and then get that process going. So they, they made that detour and it's like, okay, that's the only possible way, you know, this waiting through a Burundi program that they could have ended up adopting from South Africa, you know, and meet match with Josie who they're picking up now. Um, it's caused us to look back and just look at how God weaves things together. Hmm. And, you know, you could go back infinitely, I'm sure, but, like, you could just take a starting point where, um, if you guys remember Brandon Holst, who pastored here for a while, and how he uh, went to Dallas Seminary, and that's where Andrew DeCanter was at, you know, at Dallas Seminary, and they, they met there, and God placed on both their hearts at the same time to where they went and found each other the next morning, just being acquaintances, and said, did you just feel like God's calling us to start a church together? And that's what brought the decanters here to Turlock. You know, and again, it's like, had that all not happened, Flora wouldn't have been up here with us, you know, and singing this morning. I mean, there's just so many ways that God weaves this together, and to be a part of it is super exciting. Um, I know during this long time frame, you know, five, six years for us. Uh, God also just kept us encouraged. And, you know, it was like, we'd be like, oh, what's going on? You know, they've got to redo our home study again or something. But there just were all these little things. I know you were going to share one story about that. Yeah, there was, um, so you guys, COVID hit while we were waiting to pick up our daughter. And so that halted things for a good year. And that was so difficult. I know everyone experienced their own hardships during that time, but that was a big one for us. We couldn't be with our daughter. Um, so there was a time that <laughs> the, the mountains just felt monstrous, and I, I was just like, I've got to fast for Flora. 
And so I'm just going to share a little part of my journal here, um, just because God just kept revealing himself to us in the wait. Today I'm fasting on behalf of our precious daughter. Lord, it seems as though the mountains are monstrous that stand in our way to bring our little girl home. So today I'm choosing faith in my Lord, who is the mover mountains, who is the one who sees me and knows me. He's my creator, Flora's creator. So um, I come to back to my simple prayer that um, has carried me whole way through this process of adoption. Lord, you know my heart. Please make a way. Mm-hmm. And so it would actually be 10 months after that that we would get to pick up Flora. The wait was long and hard. But I feel like we found God in the waiting through just um, people that encouraged us along the way. I look out at this community. I see family and friends here today who supported us nonstop with prayer and support. And that is um, just what we needed during that time. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Over and over and over again, like where we have, we have a bunch of stories. So you guys come find us and have tacos with us, and we'll tell yes. you a bunch. I, <laughs> Loads of I, stories. I, I got to be careful we don't, like, tell too many stories and go too long. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we would just, like, be involved with, like, in the least likely place, you know, bringing our paperwork to be apostilled in Sacramento and, and um, someone would pray with us and pray over those documents, you know, things like that. Um, if you guys remember, I think Andrew even talked about one time, they needed something to happen. They, their, their, uh, one of their children's birth certificate, you need an original for this, for some of these processes. And it had gotten lost somewhere in the mail. Well, it turns out the woman who's working for the adoption agency, which is based out of Portland, happened to uh, be working from home and living in the same county in Texas where um, the decanters, one of their child, children was born, who could go and get this document from the place. So, I mean, it, it, I mean, there's so many stories. Yeah. You can't but, make this stuff up. Yeah, so that was, the, that was the blessing of how long this took. I mean, just, we, we just... Um, yeah, we've been changed through it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and once you were matched and got, I think this is the only picture you got at that time. Is that is that accurate? At yeah, that there time. wasn't much. Yeah, Shortly I remember, after and that was I think it was August fifteenth ish, fourteenth. Yeah, yeah. So yes. she, yeah, You're she right. had just turned two, two yes. in that you know around that yeah. time. Yeah. I remember that because Jay and I went to a race. Uh, we did a trail run. And uh, we had done this race the year before, and Jay did not perform well. He was a little sick and under the weather. And we came back and did it again the next year, and it was like a totally different Jay because we talked about the matching process all the way down, and uh, he had one of his base- best races oh, ever right. destroyed me. So <laughs> it's very clear in my mind when they were matched. But. Yeah, it had that kind of yeah. impact, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But no, I mean, that, that is a, a huge turning point because then you can sort of endure all of these things. It helps a lot. You can yeah. visualize your daughter, but like you said, Christy, that makes it all the more difficult because you're waiting to go get her. And so maybe, um, yeah, transition from there to like, what, what does the process look like to, to go pick her up? Um, obviously, COVID had a big impact. You had to wait on that. Travel was crazy. Like, what was it like to go finally pick your daughter up? 
Yeah, so um, God provided a window for us um, during COVID. Um, this is before vaccines are coming out. I mean, this is January of 2021. It was a window of opportunity to get in and out of Burundi with our daughter. And it was just that. Um, the Lord provided a way. And um, we traveled with four other families that were picking up children from um, the same orphanage that Flora's at. We still um, keep contact with all of them to this day. Um, they're like family to us because of the things we went through there together. Um, it was quite a bonding experience. You can never prepare yourself for that day that you're going to pick up your daughter, your child, um, from an orphanage um, that they lived in most of their life. Um, so it's very heavy. Um, there's um, so much <laughs> hard and, and with the beauty um, interlocking. And so with all that... Um, it was, it was a lot, and we hadn't quite prepared ourselves, but we felt the prayers of um, our family and friends back home and how important that was. Yeah, that was interesting, just like the, I don't know, I've never experienced like what I would say you could sense like a spiritual warfare, you know, like I don't think, I don't think that Satan wanted us to adopt a flora, and like we're over there, and I mean, it's like, I, I, I've heard missionaries talk about this, you know, like, you know, please be praying for us and supporting us that way. And, I, and I've, I've never experienced that, but in this time, we could feel like prayer, and, and, um, and that was huge to us. Um, but yeah, there were things like our luggage got lost, you know, so we arrived in Burundi, and we had brought a lot of things, you know, to, to donate to the orphanage, for instance. Um, but uh, that, that ends up being a blessing. Like God takes those things and like uses them for, for good. Um, you know, when we actually went to the orphanage, that was, nothing could have prepared us for that, like Christy's saying. I mean, in that, that point in time, which is so crucial, we're picking up Flora. I mean, it was, it was heavy in a lot of ways. Um, um, yeah, that's a picture from that day, actually, when we, when we picked her up. Um, but... I'll tell you, like that thing about our luggage being lost, one of the families that was with us, they are picking up their son and they were not prepared or, or, or didn't know that he was gonna have a lot of special needs that he ended up having. And one of those was he couldn't, um, he couldn't eat solid food. And so this, they're learning this. And in Burundi, there's, I mean, there really is, like there's no place we never saw like anything like a Walmart or even like a standard grocery store kind of thing. So um, anyway, uh, they bring him back and that's the time that our luggage shows up and all the formula that we'd brought for that orphanage that wasn't with us and we couldn't bring it showed up and now they had formula <laughs> for him. So um, it, was, it was incredible. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else to say about, I mean, Burundi, like Christy said, is just a gorgeous place, beautiful place. Um, and that was, I mean, that's the only time that we've been to Africa and we were, we were moved by it. No, that's crazy. I think one of the stories, if you get a chance, is ask Jay and Christy about their initial flight from San Francisco to Washington, Washington D.C. Yeah. with some avid Trump supporters that were going to the Capitol for that January day. 6th. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah. that was the tone uh, going into it. And you guys, you, you COVID tested what? How many times? Probably. Oh, yeah. A lot of times on that trip. Yeah. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> yeah, least. something yeah. like that. And I'll tell you what, yeah. like one thing that had a ton of heaviness to that trip was yeah. if we were, if we had tested positive in Burundi, the protocol there would have, it could have separated us. So like if Christy tested positive, for instance, she would have been relocated to a government facility for two weeks. And like, I mean, we, we were already like feeling really out of, out of, I mean, we were, we were, we needed each other, you know? And there was like one of the biggest fears was, what? <laughs> we totally did. We did feel out of place, yeah. And and we were we did not want to see what a government facility looked like there, you know. So No. Yeah. So God protected us and everyone on that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, like you said, so many cool stories and, and ways that God worked and um just basically touching the tip of the iceberg in terms of the just amount of stress that you guys endured and probably the hardest thing that you've ever experienced in your life emotionally and um, even at times physically. Uh, But such a blessing to finally have Flora in your hands, be coming home. So tell us about life over the last year and a half with Flora and what what that's looked like and, and what that meant. Yeah, so like over the last year, you know, now like all this has been able to sink in. I mean, when you're in it, you don't like get to really appreciate it as much. And so like even just preparing to share this with you guys today is like really a blessing for us because we've been able to like, oh, wow, remember this? And wow, look how God did that. Oh, actually like one more story just real quick. I was, I I meant to tell you guys, but if you remember how Christy and I were going to adopt two children Mm -hmm. and, you know, that was why would they place us with just one if we're willing to adopt two? And then there's Sarah's vision of two girls. Um, you know, that's the one thing about her vision. I was like, well, that doesn't really add up. Maybe that's our two children. But through some weird circumstances, like abnormal circumstances, we were paired with just Flora, one little girl, and they're paired with one little girl. So like her vision of these two girls like kind of happened you know, come to fruition. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, these are the things that we've been talking about as we look back at all this, um, and now you know they're they're in South Africa. Now they've continued to wait during this year and a half that we've been with Flora, um, um, but um, yeah, Flora is just amazing to us, you know. And and in this year and a half, like she just continues to like blow our minds all the time. <laughs> yeah, even this morning, but like. Um, <laughs> we're like, I don't know, we're so excited to see like who she becomes. Um, and my love for her as my daughter has just grown and solidified and she's 100% my daughter. Everything I have is hers. I would die for her. And, you know, in, in recognizing the way that I feel about my adopted daughter, um, you know, God has spoken to us and given us this glimpse and just, you know, to see how he loves us, you know, as his adopted children. And so that's a blessing. I mean, if you're, if you're a parent and you get to see how you love your children and you, it maybe helps you understand like a father's love for us. But in, a, in another way now, I get to see it as what this adoption looks like where, you know, we're full heirs through Jesus Christ. And, and um, you know, that experience has been 
just uh, another blessing out of it. Um, you know, we're think, we've thought also, looking back, what if we hadn't done this? Hmm. And there's lots of opportunities where that could have happened, you know, and, 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 and it almost makes us sick to like feel, what if we hadn't done this? Um, you know, that life that I was trying to build with two boys and my job and, you know, the easy life or the good life or your best life, it's like such a empty thing when I look back on like what would have been, what life would have been like had we not stepped into God's will for a while. And if you, and, and I mean, he sustained us there. So, you know, it's brought us to think, okay, that was awesome. Now what's next? You know, like, and I want like our congregation, you know, like as we, as we worship and close, you know, to be thinking like, hey, you know, what adventure does God have for you? What's his will? Because that's the best, that's the best life, you know, is, is his will for us. So, um, you know, we're kind of renewed in our excitement, I think, to just listen to him. And, you know, we've learned that he'll make it clear. He'll, 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 he'll give you the resources you need. He'll give you the support you need. And um, he'll see it through, mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll just echo with, um, through, through this adoption, we have learned that there is nothing um, that compares to living a life, um, just knowing that you are obeying God's will for your life. Um, it's just such a exciting, rewarding, rich place to be. Um, and we've really seen that. And um, yeah, we'd love to encourage you in that way um, to look at things in the light of eternity. Yeah, in his will, like you feel safe when you know that you're doing that. And know he'll provide. No, I think um, Flora is just such a joy to everybody that she encounters, like just from the moment you see her. I mean, running around or any interactions that any of you have ever had with her, she's just like joy um, exactly. just right away and so much excitement and uh, just got to spend a little bit of time yesterday at, at your house and she wanted to show me everything. Oh, and, yeah. And I can understand her now. Her English is getting yeah. much better. She's yeah. in kindergarten. She's in so kindergarten. She's, she's five years old. Yeah. <laughs> so really, really cool to see. Um, Anything else you guys want to add before we kind of change gears? Uh, I don't think so, yeah. Everyone's probably ready for tacos. <laughs> <laughs> so we said, I mean, Jay's done a, Jay and Chrissy have done a good job of weaving in kind of the decanter story throughout this. But um, again, one of the main reasons for the, the timing of this is that the decanters will be in South Africa for at least a couple more weeks. Um, they will be coming back soon. And so it's a good opportunity, I think, to um, maybe share with everybody, what does that mean? What does that look like as they come home? What's our responsibility in terms of supporting them? And how can we, um, how can we be there? So maybe walk us through the decanter side of things. Sure. You want to do just like a quick little update on? Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have received a couple of emails that Pastor Andrew has sent out. If you haven't found those, look for those. They're really great. But things are going well for them. Um, Josie is making very healthy attachments with the family. Um, here's some pictures right up here. Um, yes, I think that one was the first day, Andrew and Josie right there together. 
the yeah. bottom one is them in the courthouse waiting, I think, five or six hours in a narrow hallway <laughs> for paperwork to be signed off on. But um, they are a family of seven now, and things are going well. So continue, continue your prayers for them. Um, the trip home, the journey home is not an easy one, um, especially for a child who hasn't been on a plane for... Um, that amount of, or at all, but um, for that amount of time, it's, it's hard. So let's keep the prayers coming. Um, the way we can um, tangibly love the decanters during this time is going to be um, to give them space. Um, I'll have Jay talk about a little bit more. It, it's called cocooning. It's a very important time um, when you adopt a child where you are the child is learning who mom and dad and the siblings are and um, who meets their needs. Um, so that will be a way that um, we can support them best. We can send texts and prayer. Um, and I will be setting up meals too for them. But if we do deliver meals, I'll make sure that you guys know that we'll be just putting those in their courtyard and just sending them a text, your, your dinner's waiting for you right now. So there will be a time, I know we're so anxious to see Josie and um, welcome her into this community. There will be a time for that. And I'll have Jay share a little bit more about the yeah, cocooning and, process. And Andrew sent out like a little explanation of cocooning and did a great job. And it's like, it was a little counterintuitive. You're like, oh, let's have a big old party and like, let's all hug her and everything. But yeah, it is, it's like, um, you know, this is, a, this is a time when there's like chemical changes actually taking place in her brain where like she's bonding um, in physical ways uh, with, uh, with her parents. And so like, you know, that, that, this idea of um, becoming a daughter and like having parents versus just, you know, caretakers is, um, is really key. So yeah, Christy, Christy explained it well. So we'll just have to, um, you know, be, you know, be careful and just be aware of that, I suppose. But there's going to come time, you know, to like, obviously it, it could be like a few months. It kind of just depends on how, how it goes. It might be less than that, but, um, um, yeah, just be aware of that. Mm -hmm. I, I would say, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, they will, they'll, they'll be home soon. So um, and by the way, you guys might know, Moses started uh, college, so he came back, and like he's at UC Davis now, yeah. and, uh, and doing well too, so. Okay. Anything, anything else to add to the Cantor story, or things that we want to support? I think, I think that's, that's it, but yeah, Christy and I are around, so like, yeah, find us during tacos, and uh, and we'll talk more about all this stuff. Um, I did just want to read this verse, uh, and then I can close this in prayer. Perfect. Um, yeah. And then worship band will come back up. But um, so this this verse here, just kind of again about like this finding God's will in your life, and what does that look like? This is a verse that Christy found it just like this week that we were talking about sharing, and it was a verse that we had. It's it's paraphrased from the message, but we just really like the way it's said. Um, I'm missing the reference up there, but it's, is it out of... Uh, it's in Galatians. Galatians. It's the fruits of the Spirit in um, the message paraphrase. Okay. So just like something to ponder, I think, like as we like worship the Lord, you know, um, but it says, but what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life and serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things a sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. 
we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Um, and I just feel like that summed up very well just kind of what we experienced in that time. And, and if we can find more of our life there, it's better and richer. Oh. Um, and I'll, I'll close this in prayer for... Heavenly Father, God, just thank you for this time and just this opportunity for Christy and I to, to share this incredible story that, um, in this journey that you um, brought us through, God. And thank you for showing up in so many ways. And uh, we, just, um, we just praise you and thank you. Um, we, celebrate, we celebrate that. We celebrate the adoption of, of Flora. And now we, we just pray uh, for the decanters. We're so excited for them. Uh, we just uh, pray that you continue to bless them, bless the bonding experience uh, with their daughter, Josie. And we just pray that, you, that, that the rest of their time would be restful, uh, that they would be making great memories together, that you would provide safe travel home. God, um, put it on our hearts. Help us to listen to you now as we worship. Um, let us know what your will is for us, God. Help us not to be have fear. Help us to be open to what you have in store for us, God, that we might um, play a part in your eternal plan. Amen.